This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, that didn't take long. Hurricane Adelia had not yet made landfall on the uh, west coast of Florida, and already, guess what? (laughs) The news media, the mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, we're talking about extreme weather. That's what happens when there's a storm. We go from uh, climate change to extreme weather. And uh, uh, the uh, CNN guy, we've talked about him before, the dumbest guy on TV, uh, not counting the view. Bill Ware is his name. He's the climate correspondent. He's dumb as a rock. And as I say all the time, the dumber a person is, the louder they scream about climate change. His whole job is to scream about climate change. So he... uh, is standing somewhere down in Florida, standing in in the water, bracing himself against the wind. And he wants you to know, this was 10 o'clock last night, he wants you to know this is all about climate change. And he actually says, with all the drilling in the Gulf, so they're drilling for oil in the Gulf, which they've been doing for, I don't know, 70, 80 years. All that drilling is causing this hurricane, a hurricane which is a category three, I believe when it hit the land, it's a category two now weakened. It is weakened to a category two, Adelia. Well, by the way, what kind of name is Adelia? I mean, aren't they supposed to give it like human names? Have you ever met a human named Adelia? Have you ever even heard of a human named Adelia? I don't, I don't get how they come up with these names. If they needed an I, I know they go alphabetically. Why don't they call it, you know, Isabel or Irving or something? Why does it have to be Adelia? Isn't that an onion? Adelia onions? Anyway, uh, usually, you know, they report on the storm and the damage and they try to find people to talk to and they, they show you the people kayaking down the street and they wait a little while to get to the climate change hysteria, but no more. That's, those days are over. Now that uh, we know, you know, climate change call, caused the fires in Greece, which were set by arsonists, and climate change caused the destruction in Maui, which was caused by local bureaucrats who weren't prepared for it. Uh, now, now we got uh, a storm, which hit the Gulf Coast, which I believe it's the first one in like 100 years. Check on that for me, Ironhead. The first hurricane to hit Florida in 100 years, because it's this is new. You know, they didn't used to have hurricanes. They didn't used to have storms uh, and uh, extreme weather in the west coast of Florida. It's new. And CNN would like you to know it's your fault. You drive an SUV. You use, you use plastic straws. You use a gas stove. It's all your fault. You caused this. I mean, if this weren't, if you told me this happened, that this person, the climate correspondent, blamed drilling in the Gulf for a storm that hit the west coast of Florida, a hurricane, I would say that can't be. They, no one would say that. No one's that crazy. I mean, Greta Thunberg wouldn't say that. John Kerry would say Yes, they do. Yes, yes, they are. It's all about climate change. They never let a uh, crisis. They never let a storm go to waste. Let's blame fossil fuels. Let's listen to this moron last night, just as the storm was bearing down on the West coast of Florida. This is uh, the report live from where is he? Where is Bill Ware? This moron. Uh, Steinhatchee, Florida. 
Steinhatchy, Florida. <laughs> He's got his flannel on, untucked. He looks ready for uh, for anything. Well, the wind, the wind, the, the wind of the storm blew his shirt open. He's about to tell. Yeah, us. the wind. That's true. Um, I suppose he's not holding onto a tree. I love when they hold on <laughs> trees in the wind. No, the best, you, the best thing they do, out, everybody. <laughs> you're you're gonna die, and there they stand in the middle of the storm. Telling best you how thing, windy it is. The best thing they do is when they make it seem like they're really standing up against the weather, and like someone just casually walks behind them. That's yeah, always my favorite. A great, there's a great one of uh, Anderson Cooper. I think it was in New Orleans for Katrina and he's standing in water and uh, there's just a puddle, you know, it's not the streets on, just a big puddle. And he literally goes and stands in it up to his waist to show you how bad everything is. And then when you, someone took a shot, a wide shot and it's people walking by and, and it's no big deal, but he wants you to think he's, you know, like in the middle of a, a war or something. Cause he stood in a puddle. <laughs> That's what this clown will do. I've, I've watched him. I, I, I was seriously flipping around, watching all the channels. Everyone's covering it, but I needed someone like this this morning. And he never lets you down. He's so dumb. He's so convinced. Uh, he actually believes it. You know, they're, they're drilling for oil. So it's raining and it's windy. And if you gave him a hundred, you know, gave him a, a week, he couldn't explain to you why the drilling is causing the wind and the rain, but it doesn't matter. It's a religion. You go by faith. Faith means you believe in something that isn't proven, that, that, that can't be proven to you, but you believe it anyway. That's faith. And he has faith in the climate religion. And because of that, he's got a nice cushy job at CNN where he speaks to the choir. Everybody sits there and says, yeah, climate change. We're going to get to. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and and declare this the best segment on Newsmax ever. You know, I was going to say since I've been with Newsmax, I'm going to say it's the best segment ever on Newsmax. I was on yesterday with a climate uh, uh, alarmist, with a true believer on Newsmax, and they let us fight. I will say that, which is which was good. Usually we get like two minutes. I go on with this guy every week. Seems like a nice guy. Wes Clark Jr. His father was the general. Wes Clark, but he's a liberal and he thinks the world's going to end in 25 years. If we don't stop using fossil fuels, he buys into it. And uh, he and I went at it. What do you think? Ironhead? You watched it this morning. Was that a pretty lively segment? It was a lively segment. And of course they immediately threw a wet blanket on it. And we're like, we need to stop having fun here. Yeah, we can't do that. No, we don't want fighting here, yeah. but uh, I thought they might either uh, tell me afterwards, you know, we don't want to do that or tell me it was good. It was cause it was lively and you don't get a lot of that. Usually on cable news, they don't, we don't mix it up anymore, you know, because everybody, there's not a lot of fights like on Fox News anymore or on CNN because everybody is of a like mind. But uh, he and I disagree. We disagree every week. Usually they give us like a minute. We get like 30 seconds each. It's really lame. But uh, this time they let us speak for a few minutes. And I think it was good. I, I you know, maybe. Maybe they don't. I don't care. This is how it should be done. We'll get to that. But I want to start with this idiot on CNN telling you the storm, the big storm, the historic storm, which, you know, we never had in the past is caused by fossil fuels. Let's listen to him. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, you just talked about this warmer water, historically warm water. These communities now are suddenly in the path of hurricanes where they have not been before. Is there anything that can be done to protect them going forward. Hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. This is the host, I don't know what her name is, she's an idiot too, saying they have not seen this before? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Last 
what was it? September hurricane Ian destroyed the West coast. I was down Smashed there it, afterwards yeah. surveying the damage. It was unbelievable. The damage they've seen it before. I have a list of all the hurricanes uh, that have hit um, uh, Florida in the last 150 years. They've seen it many, many times. You bubblehead. This is routine in Florida, but they can use it now to, to advance their agenda. So they're going to pretend it's never happened before, but okay, let's, let's, let's listen as she gets to, you know, the, the climate expert on CNN, Bill Ware. Go ahead. That's an amazing question. It's the biggest sort of trillion dollar question about how you adapt communities like this to the world that we're already now living in at the same time trying to mitigate further more wicked storms down the road with more fossil fuel pollution. Um, right now, the Gulf is being reopened by the Biden administration for oil and gas lease sales. That's about to happen in coming weeks. There are lawsuits around that uh, right there. But it's the double bind of these sort of oil economies in places like this where they they have that as a as an income stream but also the cost of it is becoming bigger with every storm uh science has been warning about this for a very long time in many ways it's been predicted it's the speed that we're seeing these changes that has taken most folks by surprise yeah very much so bill weir thank you very much and continue to stay safe please that's his job right there that's his full-time job they sent him down there they put him in a nice hotel he's got a nice rental car that's a whole crew and he's talking about uh how the fossil fuel economy is driving these storms. What an idiot, honest to God. I mean, again, if you want to have this discussion like we did on Newsmax yesterday, you could do that tomorrow or the next day. He's in the eye of the storm talking about Biden administration's opened up gas and and, and, uh, uh, oil drilling in the Gulf like it has anything to do with the weather. Just uh, amazing. I guess that's the world we live in now that, uh, you know, half the population are just, they turn off their brains. They listen to idiots like this and they say, you know, maybe we shouldn't drill for oil in the Gulf or it will rain more. It'll get really windy. Here's uh, you know, here's how unprecedented it is. I was looking, uh, not only, not only have they had extreme weather, you know, in the Gulf since people have lived there, but it was much worse in the old days for a number of reasons. Uh, the death toll, the, the, the death from, quote, extreme weather has decreased by like 99% because people get warnings. They get, they get told, get out. They prepare for it. In the old days, they didn't know when hurricanes were coming, you know, in, uh, in the 1800s. This is, uh, this is just from Wikipedia. There's a whole bunch of websites that list all the hurricanes. But uh, pre-1900, the first recorded tropical cyclone to affect the area that is now the state of Florida occurred in 1523 when two ships and their crews were lost along the western coastline. A total of 159 hurricanes are known to have affected the state prior to 1900, which resulted collectively in 6,504 fatalities. 6,500 people died before 1900 in 159 hurricanes along the Gulf Coast. And this anchor lady says they've never seen this before. It's unprecedented, (laughs) really. Unprecedented extreme weather. And it goes to a whole list. I mean, they literally didn't have names for the hurricanes. They they tell you where they hit, where they made landfall. They tell you how hard the, the wind is, all over 100 miles an hour. 1851, August 23rd. 
uh, it hit Panama City. Uh, 1871, 1873, 1872, 1883, There was a guy on Fox News this morning. He's, he's an older guy, and he seems pretty good. His name is Brian Norcross. He said Tallahassee was devastated, was pummeled with hurricanes in the late 1800s. He said they, they just got wrecked by hurricane after hurricane in the late 1800s. As we know, you know, climate change was a big deal. They were drilling for oil, and people were driving their SUVs all over Florida back then. They had 6,500 fatalities, by the way, when hardly anyone lived there. You know, there was no industry. There was no air conditioning. People didn't live there like they do now. Now there are 22 million people and there won't be, I don't know, maybe it'll be 100 fatalities, probably less. It's much, much less tragic, much, much less devastating now than it was then, even though we're drilling for fossil fuels in the uh, in the Gulf. Uh, anyway, uh, you want to get to uh, my segment yesterday, which I didn't even know what we were going to talk about. They send me this little email like uh, five minutes before we go on and they say possible topics and they said Ukraine and this and that. So I wasn't sure what we we're going to talk about, but I was glad we did this. And I was glad, I'm glad they put Wes Clark on more cable news channels should do this. They should fight. I mean, they used to, I don't know why, when it happened where everyone went to their corners, Tucker Carlson used to have people on. He had Adam Schiff as a guest one time and they fought and it was very tense and it was good TV. Geraldo would go on and fight with like Dan Bongino or uh, Greg Gutfeld. He left, he quit. Say bring on someone like Harold Ford Jr. who wouldn't fight with anybody. I don't know why. And I've, I've said this for years in radio, I would fight this fight with, you know, program directors. People like a good battle. People like when they go at it because it's real. It's tense. The level of energy goes up instantly when you have disagreement. And I mean, I've been on this show, uh, you know, I don't know, 30 times. And it's the first time we really battled. And it was the first time people actually you know, commented on it and said and people actually noticed because we disagreed and we fought and I was right and he was wrong. But he literally starts the segment talking about how the world's going to end. I can't believe people say that. If there's one part of this whole climate change debate that just seems inane, it's this idea that the world's going to end. We've gone through this. Every prediction in the last 50 years from these people, from these nuts, has been wrong. John Kerry's been wrong about everything. Al Gore, they said, as I mentioned here, Manhattan was going to be underwater. John Kerry said the Arctic, uh, the Arctic uh, snow ice caps would melt and the sea levels would rise. Greta Thunberg said the world would be over by 2023. Greta Thunberg is worshipped by these people. Everything, AOC, AOC said the world would end in, I think it was 10 years, and then Bernie Sanders stepped in and said, no, it was eight years. That was probably five years ago. How do you take seriously someone who says the world's going to end? The world isn't going to end. And if you believe that, you've been lied to. You've been brainwashed. These, these people you know, laying down in traffic saying that the world's going to end are just fools. They're clowns. That's how they should be treated. They should be 
ostracized, mocked, ridiculed. That's the only way. You don't sit there, I guess, you know, and say, well, you know, explain that to me. How is the world going to end? Because they can't. They can't. It's like when Joe Biden talks about the existential threat of climate change, the worst threat, the biggest threat we face. Just someday, I want someone to say, could we take five minutes, Mr. President? Can you explain how climate change is going to end the world? They could never do it. It's just, it's just a... It's just a scare tactic. It's just a way to get you to, to think you need them. You need them to, to stop oil. You need them to stop drilling. You need them to ban gas stoves. You need them to, to ban gas-powered vehicles and hand them more power and more money. That's all it is. Anyway, how long is this segment, Ironhead? Uh, the whole thing's about six minutes, but we got the is middle. Is it? Yeah. Wow. They Maybe I'll give them credit. Normally, we're done literally in two minutes. We get like one question or one answer each, and they move on to something else. Normally, they get us in and out real quick. Maybe they let us go because it was a little uh, tense. But uh, let's watch a couple minutes of it. They start with Wes, and Wes starts tell, with telling the world, telling us that the world's going to end. Go ahead. Thank you both for coming on here. So I'll, I'll start with Wes, if I can. And the um, again, the the actions by the activists, what we've just shown you there on screen, obviously, as you know, it goes well beyond that. Yeah, I, of course, it goes well beyond that. Uh, the average billionaire emits more than a million <laughs> times carbon as the obviously. average person on Earth. And I think what's more important than billionaires having their stuff spray painted is the fact that thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die in the next 10 years from climate with the possibility our entire civilization could collapse in about 25 years. Uh, well, that's a terrifying prediction. Um, Jerry, it's <laughs> the- a real prediction by scientists around the world. Jerry, sure. the, uh, <laughs> then the, the, the action that we've seen from these activists, is it effective? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write Wes's prediction down right here. I got a whole list of predictions from climate activists over the last 50 years. Every single one of them has nice been logo. wrong. And then Wes not will true. be wrong too. We're not going to, the, the world's not going to end in 25 years. The, the people aren't going to die in the millions in the next five years. That is a lie. It's a lie. They just keep repeating in the name of climate uh, resilience or climate justice. What's going to happen very soon is someone's going to just run over these people. They're, they're so fed up. People are tired of it. The cop, the cop in Nevada almost did that. He ran over there, their blockade and he arrested them all. I think that was a good lesson, an object lesson. That's the way it has to be done. It's illegal to block the road. Why don't they arrest them all as soon as they lay down in the street? Yeah, the Rangers are there in Nevada. Uh, the, the activists blocking those going to Burning Man in that area. The video is all over so social we media. Should, Final so we thoughts, should assault West. people and potentially kill them for trying to stop the breakdown of our ecology? Well, 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 Let me tell you something. What would something. you do, Wes? Okay, what would you do if you were rushing, if you were rushing your field, wife or child to the hospital and they were laying down? Yuck. What would you do, Wes? Simply wrong. You're, you're taking a the, family the climate, member to the hospital. The oil companies own they science down in the since the 1950s. What would you do? Have predicted what the temperatures were going to be and when, follow? and they've been correct so far. They've been wrong about everything. Everything. Every Please. prediction. You okay. have no idea what you're talking about. You want to go down the list? We could start with Yes, you know, let's Al go Gore. down the list. We could start with Al Gore, John Kerry, <laughs> predicting Manhattan would be underwater. That I didn't got, happen, Wes. I have and to jump in. I do have to jump in. will eventually of, be underwater, just not right now. Because it's time here, obviously, a difference of opinion. We, gentlemen, we appreciate both of you coming on. I can't hear both of you when you're both talking at the same time, either way, but clearly you have different opinions. I, Wes Clark Jr., Jerry Callahan. I love how he's like, 
he's a sports reporter. He can't talk to me. They're right. Their predictions are right. Just not yet. You know, Manhattan's going to be underwater. Just not yet. There's a great photo, uh, two photos back of the Statue of Liberty today and the Statue of Liberty a hundred years ago. The water level is the same. <laughs> Nothing they say is 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 right, is accurate, is is honest. I don't think Wes even believes. I mean, I don't know what he's reading. The world's going to end. Millions are going to die. It's just such a lie. And it's it's working. You know, they're convincing a whole generation that there's no hope. We hear about that all the time, the climate anxiety, that they, they, young people feel they don't want to have families. You know, they, they're afraid. They, they, they wake up and they have nightmares like uh, that uh, Catherine Clark's kid wakes up in the middle of the night afraid of climate change. We're lying to these children. We're we're scaring them. We're using these scare tactics. And people like Wes, I guess they believe it. The world's going to end in five years. And sure it is, Wes. Um, that, that that wasn't six minutes long. That wasn't even close. But uh, I'm glad they let us go. They should have let us go longer. I could have. I should have been ready with more predictions. Uh, you know, like that the ice caps are going to melt and everything else. That you know the the whole continents are going to be unlivable. And that's the reason people are storming a surging the southern border because they're escaping climate change. It's one lie after another from these people. And I hope, I pray that people are onto them. I feel like there's a backlash coming. I feel like the pendulum is swinging. People are waking up to this as, for what it is, a crazy climate religion. Mm-hmm. I think the people who lay in traffic are hurting their cause. They should Nobody, keep, let them keep doing it too. <laughs> I mean, think of that. Think actually supporting what they did in Nevada. The line of cars was miles long. It was 110 degrees. And the cop who took it all down and arrested them, he's the bad guy. You know, he, according to Wes, he's the bad guy. People could die in their cars. What if they don't have air conditioning? What if their car, their battery dies sitting there for hours and hours while these fools, and by the way, they weren't just saying, uh, and just stop oil. Their sign said abolish capitalism. <laughs> the one one of the signs the cop grabbed and like threw away abolish capitalism. So you had Marxists protesting against capitalism by blocking the street, causing lots of emissions into the air, by the way, and really inconveniencing people. And you do that enough. Somebody's going to snap. Somebody's just going to run them over. And uh, I won't blame them. I will not blame them. They're going to just reach that boiling point. It's going to be somebody who has to get to the hospital, maybe has a kid, as we saw that happen in Boston a few years ago where these slobs laid down in the traffic and a guy was trying to get his kid to a chemo appointment. The kid had cancer and he couldn't get through them. There was a guy who had to get to his job or we would have, uh, this was a, a few months ago, I believe, I forget where, he had to get to his uh, probation officer or he would get sent back to prison. And he went up to the people and told them that I got to get to work or I'm going to get sent back to prison. They don't care. They don't care about people. They're just, they're just morons and they're just sheep and they're zealots and they don't care how much damage they do. I don't think they have a lot of support, but they got Wes. Wes is uh, on their side and he supports them because the world's going to end in 25 years. I'm putting that on my list. He said, uh, Millions are going to die. And what's going to happen in five years? I don't know. The world's going to be on fire in five years. So absurd. George Collin was right. (laughs) The planet is fine. People are, people are effed. That's what George Collin said. And he was, he said a lot of things, prophetic things. And that could be at the top of the list. I don't know. I thought maybe Newsmax would tweet that out or, you know, promote it, put it out on social media. 
I'll tweet it out after the show if everyone wants to see the whole thing. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll do it again next week. Or maybe we'll find out that they didn't like it and we won't they won't have us back. Whatever. <laughs> not not a big deal. But all right, we got lots to get to. We got uh we got Rachel Maddow going off the rails again. Mm-hmm. Rachel Maddow makes $30 million a year. She works like one day a week. She works less than the president. And uh, she has a theory on what will happen if Donald Trump gets elected to office. We got uh, a new podcast. Uh-oh. We don't need any more of these real, you know, pod- these podcasts that are got. This is going to be big. It's going to be popular. Probably will uh, be. <laughs> it, it could be the worst idea ever. They couldn't even, they did a little introduction to this podcast. They couldn't even come up with a, a witty line for a one minute introduction. Five uh, comedians, alleged comedians. We will tell you about that. But what I really want to do today is get to the gold star families, the people whose uh, children were killed at the Abbey gate in Kabul two years ago, the other day they testified before another house committee. It was amazing. It was compelling. And uh, they held nothing back, man. They blame the commander in chief, the buffoon, the incompetent cadaver in chief who got their children killed. That was bad, really bad. Making it worse was he didn't give a damn. He met with them. He didn't care. He looked at his watch. He talked about his son. He has never mentioned their names. 13 people, young people, I believe five of them, five or six were under 21. He got them killed. He put them in harm's way because he wanted to be the guy who got us out of Afghanistan before 9-11. He wanted to be, he wanted that, uh, that bragging, that, 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 that uh, wanted to spike the football. He wanted to boast and brag uh, about it. I got us out of Afghanistan. He got 13 people killed and he doesn't give a shit about them. They know it. They can explain to it. It's explain it. It was amazing testimony. And by the way, today, some of those families are on their way to Bedminster to meet with Trump. Trump is not going to miss this opportunity to show that he is uh, better at this than Joe Biden. Anybody is better at this than Joe Biden. The least empathetic, the least compassionate man ever to sit in the Oval Office. You got to hear this. One dad, one father was just amazing. You just got to hear it. We'll get to it. But first. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Excuse me. Hi, this is for you men over 40. Are you tired of having your sleep interrupted by multiple trips to the bathroom at night? Well, you're not alone. Over half of men over 40 experience age-related concerns with their prostate. Fortunately, prominent holistic medical doctor David Brownstein believes that aging prostate concerns do not need to be inevitable. That's why Dr. Brownstein developed Prostate Revive, a powerful dietary supplement containing a unique blend of 15 key ingredients to promote prostate health and help alleviate 
the annoying symptoms of an aging prostate. So, men, as part of the special promotion, now you can get your own 30-day supply of prostate revived with an advanced formula containing a beta-cytosterol, sol palmetto, and a total of 15 prostate helpers in two capsules. You simply cover the $4.95 shipping and handling charge to get your trial supply. After your trial bottle, you'll continue to receive prostate revive for less than a dollar a day. You can opt out or opt in at any time with no further opt obligation so try prostate revive today at just 495 act right now to get a bottle of prostate revive and our special report a doctor's guide to a healthy prostate as a special bonus gift order now at tryprostaterevive.com or call 800-400-7890 that's prostaterevive.com or call 800-400-7890 this product is not intended to diagnose prevent treat or cure any disease I they gathered in uh, D.C. Uh, let me see if I got to get, get some details on this because uh, it was just incredible. The, uh, the 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 they gathered in D.C. before the uh, let me see the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Mike McCall put this together. It was uh, the family of the thir- the the Gold Star families, the thirteen who were uh, killed in Afghanistan two years ago outside the Kabul airport where they should have never been. Um, the Keep in mind, if the Republicans didn't take the House last year, we would never hear from any of these people. That's how just cold and heartless the Democrats are. That's how cold and heartless the process is. They don't, they blame the president. The president's a Democrat, so no Democrat wants to hear from them. You don't see them on much of the mainstream media. I just tweeted at Jake Tapper who likes to think he's a big friend, a big supporter of uh, the military. He tweets about these families, these Gold Star families, but he doesn't invite them on his show. They don't appear on CNN. They don't appear on MSNBC. They don't appear on 60 Minutes. It takes a Republican House committee to give them a voice, a voice and a video that the media ignores. All right, we're going to play this guy. It's not... It's not that his name is Mark Schmitz. His son was 20-year-old Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, a Marine. He was murdered outside the uh, Kabul airport. Um, have you seen him before? I hadn't. Have you heard from him before? I hadn't. Uh, how, how, what kind of country ignores grieving Gold Star families? Why aren't these people, why haven't they been to the White House? Why haven't they been all all over cable news? They have a story to tell. It's an important story. It's not a, a, it doesn't reflect well on the incompetent commander in chief, which is all that matters to the media. If this were a Republican president, if Donald Trump were in office and they were blaming him, they would lead the news on on every show on MSNBC, New York times. This guy'd be, they'd be writing about him every day. But these people are just so vile. They hear this story, this heartbreaking story, a devastated father talk about his son, and they say, let's keep that under keep that under wraps. Don't do that. No, we can't build it. Let's not do that story. It makes our guy, Joe Biden, look bad. Jake Tapper, you are a freaking phony, a fraud, a liar. You don't care about these families. You care about the about protecting the buffoon in the White House. That's what matters to you. Keep pretending. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I'm a big friend of the friend of the military. My ass, you're a disgrace. If you, if you had any guts at all, you would tell your bosses to suck it and put this guy on for an hour. Anyway, I can, uh, 
I, I can't even describe how good, how, how just heartbreak and emotional and, and moving this is. Let's listen, please. Give this guy two minutes of your day and listen to him. Go ahead. Not a single person has been held accountable. Our so-called leader can't seem to even utter their names in public, not even once. Mr. Biden has run his entire political campaign for 50 years as the family man. Well, I've got news for you, sir. The curtain has been lifting, and that campaign slogan will never work again. We have seen what's going on in your family, and even worse, we've seen how you've been treating us as Gold Star families. And there couldn't be anything more disgusting and cowardly than the way you have treated us. You are a disgrace to this nation. You have no business having ultimate command over our military. And I regret not saying that to your face when I had the opportunity in Dover. I felt it more like, more important to bite my tongue. But I also had more important things on my mind at that time, like receiving my son's lifeless body stateside. While I stood there on the tarmac watching you check your watch over and over again. All I wanted to do was shout out, it's too fucking 30, asshole. <laughs> but out of respect to the other grieving families, I bit my tongue once again. Well, as you could probably tell by now, I'm done biting my tongue. You, sir, stole their lives, their futures, their dreams, and have ripped apart 13 families you cannot even man up and admit that. You, sir, gave us all the title Gold Star Family. You, sir, discredit honor and integrity. Two years later, there are things I find myself thinking about. Where and what was Biden's logic sneaking out of Bagram in the middle of the night before ever getting a single Afghan partner or American civilian out? <clears throat> this is the purest definition of intel inter intentional negligence. This is just one of many irresponsible and negligent decisions coming from the White House. In addition, leaving behind billions of dollars, our finest military hardware has led to the biggest international free black market, free market in history. Unfortunately, this will undoubtedly lead to more American military lives lost in the future. Between what has happened, been happening here domestically, for example, the border over the last two and a half years and all your failed foreign policy decisions, I would venture a guess that you have more American blood on your hands, Mr. Biden, than any president in U.S. history. Uh, I, I can't imagine the pain. Just losing your child but is, is just devastating enough. Can you imagine losing a child and then being lied to? by your government and then watching a president and all his spokespeople, all these liars say it was a tremendous success. That's what Joe Biden said. A tremendous success. Not only you get 13 warriors killed outside the gate, 170 civilians, Afghans died too. That's a tremendous success. And on top of that, we had the Marine sniper who said he had the suicide bomber in his sights and asked for permission to shoot him, he was denied. You know that? I mean, you're a parent, you lost your child to so someone who was just an amazing kid who became a Marine, and just as everything going on, and he's gone because Joe Biden wanted bragging rights to say, I'm the guy who got us out of Afghanistan. On He wanted to do it on 9-11, make the big announcement on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, 
that this was political. This was just, just reckless. And it got these kids killed. And the president who got them killed has never said their names. He's never said Jared Schmitz, Marine Lance Corporal, never said his name. And you're the, the father and you have to look up to him. You have to say that's, that's the president of the United States. I don't know how you get through a day. Honest to God, it is just heartbreaking, heartbreaking listening to these people tell their stories, their stories, which are, you will not hear anywhere in the mainstream media. Again, this is the second time in the last few weeks they've spoken publicly to a house committee and it's barely covered if at all, by anyone in the mainstream media. You can find it, you know, on Newsmax, probably on Fox News, but you got to look hard. You know, you can find it online. You got to look hard. Again, if there were the president had an R next to his name, Mark Schmitz would be everywhere. These, these people are just detestable, just reprehensible, just scum. The mainstream media, they, Donald Trump was right. They are the enemy of the people. Anyway, there was a few other old star parents. I recommend you go look for them, listen to them. This uh, we have uh, uh, Mr. Darren Hoover, father of Sergeant Taylor Hoover, who was blown up outside the Abbey Gate because of Joe Biden's. I don't say incompetence. He did this on purpose. He knew it was dangerous. He knew they should have held on to Bagram, but he wanted to get out. He wanted to get out and he wanted to get out quick and he wanted to boast and brag and say, we made the most amazing rescue airlift ever. Yeah, cost 13 people their lives, but whatever. Joe Biden's got places to go. Let me check my watch again. That is such a great line. It's two fucking 30, asshole. As somebody said to me on Twitter, we got to put that on t-shirts. That mm. belongs on a t-shirt. That belongs on a bumper sticker. It's two thirty. Imagine you're looking at the guy. He didn't check his watch once. He checked it like three or four times as the, as they're going through the dignified transfer, as these people's children are being taken off the plane in, in coffins, flag raped coffins. And this heartless, cruel, callous ghoul is checking his watch. God, is he just, he's just cruel. That's all he is, is a cruel, narcissistic man. Anyway, this let's uh, let's listen to uh, Darren Hoover, who lost his son, Sergeant Taylor Hoover, on that day two years ago. Go ahead. Then we move to two weeks ago. We have Biden shouting in a press conference, name me one single objective that we set out to accomplish that we failed on. Name me one in all of our history, not one. I say to you, Mr. President, you got 13 pictures that we have all named. You got 13 that you did not accomplish. I know he can't name one of them without a card sitting in front of him or a teleprompter sitting in front of him. I say to him, resign. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Secretary Blinken, Secretary Lloyd, General Milley, you need to resign. They won't. They'll get promoted. They'll get big fat pensions. We, 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 we surrendered to the Taliban. We lost the, these 13 warriors and 170, 170 civilians. No one lost their job. No one got demoted. No one got reprimanded. No one got arrested. No, that's reserved for, uh, you know, pro-life people. 
who sit outside a uh, abortion clinic, they get arrested. They get sent. That's reserved for grandmas taking selfies at the Capitol on January 6th. God, this whole friggin' country is upside down right now. It's just disgusting. Honest to God. All right. We'll see how they do with, with Donald Trump. I mean, it's a little... Trump will get criticized for this. He's going to get killed for this, for being uh, opportunistic or using them, exploiting them. But if they want to go, if they feel good about meeting with the former president, maybe the future president, good for them. Whatever makes these Gold Star families feel better, which whatever gives them a little closure, a little a little joy for a moment, good. Let let them go there. Uh, Let them uh, meet with uh, Trump and hang out at Bedminster and have their moment, tell their story. Maybe Trump will say their names. It is amazing. How hard is it to say 13 names? How hard is it to say Taylor Hoover, Jared Schmidt? How hard is that? If you've heard Biden talk, it's probably pretty difficult. <laughs> good good point by you. He could read the names. How about this? He tapes it like he taped that stupid blue the, the PowerPoint presentation on the economy the other day. Tape it, edit it, put it all together. Maybe he could get through, I don't know, seven or eight of the names. He's never said any of their names, let alone apologize to their families. He is such a disgrace. All right, let me do Shay, and then we're going to get to a couple other things. A little lighter. We have a new podcast coming out. Not us. No, no. We have a, for, from all, here's my question. It's a bunch, it's the five late night hosts, Kimmel, Fallon, Colbert, Oliver, Seth Myers, all together. Are they going to do this live from Epstein Island? You think? I think they already I mean, were. Yeah, <laughs> they st- they still hang out there. Uh, but this is going to be awful, as everybody knows. And Rachel Maddow, I don't watch a lot of her, but she's an icon. I mean, she's she's like Tucker to their side. She's insane, honest to God. She's she's the biggest Russia hoax proponent of them all. She's got a new theory about how the evil orange man is going to I don't know end democracy in the United States. You got to hear it to believe it. Uh, we'll get to that uh, in a lot more, but first. Excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Rachel, Rachel, I think she works like, you know, I don't know, one day a week, makes $30 million. You know, liberals, they just love her. And uh, I I watched this segment. It's long. It's like I watched like half her show from the other night, from Monday. I guess that's her day. What a job. 
I thought that, uh, you know, Maury Povich and, and uh, Judge Judy had the best job in the world. It might be Rachel Maddow. She works Monday nights. <laughs> then she goes fly fishing. God bless her. Everybody says she's like a nice person. She's a lunatic. Um, uh, she, she went off explaining, and, and it's, it's sort of what I say all the time. This can end one of two ways. Trump gets elected or Trump goes to jail. That's how they want it. That's how they've laid it out. He's either going to prison or he's going back to the Oval Office. Well, she thinks that if he goes back into the White House, by the way, he'll be 79. When he goes in the White House, he'll be 83 at the end of his term. And he can only serve one term. We know that. But she has a, a theory. It's, it's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but she said this on cable news the other night. That's how nuts these people are. They think of Trump. And they think, how, how insane, how evil can he get? You know, like, what is he going to do to end democracy, to destroy the, the country? She has a theory. You got to hear it to believe it. Let's listen to some of it here. Go ahead. The election means one of two things, if this is the way he's going to approach it. Either he loses the election and he goes to prison. Or he wins the election. He doesn't go to prison. And is that for life? That he gets to be president? Will we keep having more elections or no? If every election is a new opportunity for him to go to prison, do you think he allows us to have new elections? I mean, if those are the stakes, if winning the election is his plan to stay out of prison, what happens in that election if and when he does not win it? Does that kind of an election end with a graceful concession to a fair and square re-elected President Biden? I mean, if Trump and his supporters see the stakes as losing and going to prison or winning and being president and probably president for life, how should we expect that he and the Republican Party and Republican officials in swing states are going to handle the conduct of that election that Trump may very well lose? And because we are prone to forget, we have to say out loud, I mean, (laughs) that we would be remiss, we would be willfully naive to ask that question as if our politics exists in a vacuum somewhere outside the rest of our news. As if the politics pages are totally different than the crime pages, right? As if we are not in a moment where far-right politics is coincident with far-right violence, with regular shows of force from paramilitary extreme-right groups, and with acts of violence by people who are explicitly and admittedly motivated by far-right eliminationist political ideas. Is, is the, are the walls in the studio padded? I mean, this this woman belongs in a padded cell. She she belongs. She should be under evaluation at some mental hospital right now. What? First of all, he if he gets elected, he'll be president for life. Can you explain that, Rachel? How would he be president when his term is up? What will happen? He'll just sit there and squat in the White House and say, "I'm never leaving." He already did it once. He left. He doesn't have to have a gracious concession speech, but he will leave. I mean, the idea, I mean, first of all, they've watched the corruption of the Biden administration for four years. They've over two and a half years, three years. They've seen them weaponize the DOJ, the IRS, the FBI. We've seen them collude with, with big tech to suppress the, the, the First Amendment rights of American citizens. We've seen all this. And her idea is that the far right will use violence. What? You mean like Antifa and BLM? 
I mean, she's just nuts that he won't leave the White House. That's that's her theory. If he gets elected, he won't leave the White House. She's hoping that Joe Biden and the corrupt DOJ succeeds in imprisoning Joe Biden's chief political rival. She's okay with that. But she says, watch out for those crazy right wingers. I can't tell with her if she means what she's saying or is she acting. Doesn't she seem like she's performing, like putting on a performance, like reading a script? Like she doesn't really believe that. She's just going with this because I guess it's red meat to the MSNBC audience. But is that the way she acts every night with the hands going and the pauses and the and the make pretend whole, you know, the histrionics? That that is just bizarre. That's their big star at MSNBC, the one who says Trump is never leaving. If we reelect him, he will never leave. American, as we know it, is over. Democracy is over. We must imprison our political enemy to save democracy, says Rachel Maddow. Gotcha there, Rachel. Good point, you friggin' lunatic. But she looks like every kindergarten teacher I hate. You know, she looked. Uh, she she looks like every kindergarten teacher who's uh, uh, kicking kids out of school for their having a Gaston flag on their backpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she looks like every kindergarten who's who's got big pride flags and BLM flags in the room, and has got you know dye in their hair and celebrating Pride Month every month. She looks like you're right. She looks like a typical public school teacher in a uh, in a blue state these days. But uh, maybe we'll get to the Gadsden flag kid, this hero in school in Colorado, got kicked out for having a don't tread on me flag. Didn't 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 last long, though. They uh, the governor, a Democrat, came out in support of the kid. And someone explained to this idiot teacher that it was a sick. It's a sign for a flag from the Revolutionary War. It has nothing to do with slavery, the idiot. But anyway, I want to get to this podcast because this just made me laugh out loud. The uh, big announcement from all the late night hosts. If you weren't aware, and I forgot, I didn't, they're, they're not on the air. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I guess they can make me laugh looking at them, looking <laughs> at Stephen Colbert in his basement with his headphones and his goofy glasses. Um, they're not working because of the writer's strike. I didn't even know that. I mean, obviously, these the five of them would be absolutely lost souls if they didn't have writers. Stephen Colbert has a staff of like 75, 75 people to come up with the stuff, to come up with a new way to say he hates Trump every day. Uh, uh, so they all do. They all have big staffs. So the staffs are on strike. They can't work. I didn't even know that. They're on vacation. Um, and they came up with an idea. Let's all get together and do a podcast. Now, you have some experience in podcasting, Ironhead. Yep. Does the idea of five people, all who think they're alpha dogs, doing a podcast together from remote locations, does that sound like a good idea to you? Yeah, I, I thought it would be okay until you said remote locations. That's going to be tough. Yeah, they're all, unless they all get together at Epstein Island, which I think they've done before. I mean, I don't, some of them in New York, some are in LA. I'm sure they're at their vacation homes in, you know, Aspen or whatever in the Hamptons. Uh, maybe, maybe they're traveling the world, but they'll sit down and talk. I think they said to do it every day and they're going to donate their proceeds to whatever the strike, the union. I'm not sure how many proceeds they're going to get, but uh, why they just donate money. They got plenty of money. Anyway. Um, I said, well, I wonder, I wonder how this will go. First of all, you, you can't do it. Five people. 
from remote locations. You're right. If you're in one room, you look at each other. That's one thing. If you're all in different places, you don't know when to talk. Even if you're on Zoom, you're not sure whose turn it is. It'll be awful. Actually, to be fair in what we're about to see, that happens. (laughs) Yeah, so they, yeah, they take turns. But how long is this? This is their announcement. I was curious. I said, you're going to announce something like this. You should have something planned. You're supposed to be funny. You're alleged comedians. Maybe they'll come up with some witty thing, making fun of whoever, talking about, I was going to say Biden, but they would never do that. They don't mention Hunter Biden. They protect him. They talk about Trump. I thought maybe maybe they'll come up with something funny about Trump shooting a 67 in the club championship or something. But no, let's uh, listen as they introduce, announce their new project together. Go ahead. One more time, Jimmy. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fallon. I'm Stephen Colbert. I'm Jimmy Kimmel. I thought when you said Jimmy, you meant me, Jimmy, but you meant Jimmy, Jimmy. I always mean you. But when you say Seth Seth Meyers, who do you mean? I mean John Oliver. The five of us together for uh, maybe an hour a, a day. Strike Force 5 is the name of our podcast. Subscribe to it now. Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. But Spotify, you fucks. That's it. I want to listen right now. That's it. Okay. Where's the joke? I mean, you got five guys, all of whom have writers and you're making a big announcement. That's only 30 seconds long. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Spotify. You fucks. I don't get it. What does that mean? Is John Oliver work for Spotify or something? I don't get it. No, he can swear because he's on HBO. I think. Oh, oh. so they, they will, they'll, I guess they'll swear. They're doing a podcast. You're allowed to swear. Uh, but it's just going to be awful. I think, I mean, maybe it'll surprise me. Maybe, uh, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll fight. <laughs> maybe they'll fight like me and Wes Clark. Uh, <laughs> but, but I doubt it. Uh, uh, it's, it's going to be dreadful. Is it out already? Find out if today's out. I, uh, I gotta get, I gotta get this kid's name before we go. I know his name is Jaden, Jaden, which don't really, not really a big fan of the name, but, uh, uh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? There he is. 12 years old. This kid's the balls. This kid's the balls. I'm sure you've heard about it. It was a big, big deal on uh, Twitter yesterday. Um, he displayed a Gadsden flag on his backpack and got kicked out of school. This, he's, this is a kid smarter than his teacher. That's what it is. He's smarter than his teacher. And he was kicked out until someone explained to the teacher, um, that's not exactly a uh, racist symbol. And then they had to invite him back to school and tell him he could wear his flag. God bless the kid. Uh, but, uh, and the teacher, like you said, looks like a Rachel Maddow type. He's 12 years old. He, he got schooled in school. And then he said, uh, you're not right, teacher. Sorry, you're dumb. She is dumb. He's back in school. And hopefully all the chicks are impressed. But I hope so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that will do it for today. I'm going to go listen to, uh, what's it called? Strike Force 5? I thought that was Strike? the joke, but that's real. <laughs> That's real. All right, yeah. You get some of that. Like, it'll be all over Twitter if yes, they actually it will. sit there and they bomb. Yes, it will. Uh, it'll be all over Twitter and we'll have some of that hopefully tomorrow. But uh, How many Trump jokes you, in the first episode? Oh, uh, it's all, I mean, I don't even know if they do anything else. That's I mean, they true. just, I mean, they'll make jokes about Trump and then they'll make jokes about Trump supporters and maybe, I don't know, Sean Hannity or Kid Rock or yeah. stuff like that. Um, but, uh, and they'll never ever mention, you know, Hunter Biden because what? What kind of jokes could you make about Hunter Biden? Can't even think of one. But anyway, 
That'll do it for today. Thanks uh, for listening. We'll tweet out. We're going to tweet out that segment with Wes Clark and me, our battle. Yep. I believe I can't do it from the show account, so I'll tweet it from mine and then tweet it, the video from the show. That makes sense. Okay. Just just look at the Twitter. You you figure that out. We'll figure right. I'll, I'll retweet you. Unlike Newsmax, I will retweet you. Okay. <laughs> Love right. it. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the Queen, man. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.